Welcome to Business Mentorship Keeping It Real, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who participate in our guest blog found on shareyourstories.online. Our guest is Jeffrey Felberg, who is a CEO, an entrepreneur, and speaker who wants to make sure you get your money's worth when selling your business. We discuss the golden rule for getting the best price for one of your biggest assets. And Jeffrey joins us from Hollywood, Florida. Welcome. Well, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. You know, Jeffrey, I've been really looking forward to our conversation because like you, there's lots of entrepreneurs in my network who post-COVID are thinking about, hmm, maybe it's time to sell. And so I loved your story because you've developed a process as an entrepreneur going through the, you know, the growing pains of a business and then selling it that you're actually now sharing with other entrepreneurs. So maybe we should start at the beginning. You started your business out of your at the attic of your parents' home. That's right, Trish. So I was right out of school. So I want you to picture living in my parents' attic, you know, typical entrepreneurial story, no money, no experience, no team. But I had a dream, I had a vision, I had passion. And along the way, as I was getting going, I welcomed a new best friend into my life, unintended, but nonetheless was there, otherwise known as failure. So I was literally failing forward and you and I can laugh about this today. I can assure you back in the day, there were tears and it was just a very challenging, difficult moment. But my grit, my persistence kept me in the game long enough. And you know, failure as hard as it is, Failure is a wonderful teacher because it teaches you what not to do. And I learned early on that success is both knowing what to do and what not to do. And I sure knew what not to do when all was said and done. So tell us a little bit about what business you decided to start. So where was your expertise? Where did I want you, you to picture it. Why? It was a dark and rainy night. <laughs> Seriously, it, uh, it was the mid-90s. And there was this thing that came out. People thought it was a fad called the internet. And what I was doing was e-learning. So I was with my partner, Waleska. We were reaching out primarily to tier one institutions, tier one universities. And in the beginning business schools, and then we later expanded into distance education, but helping them keep the students in the seats through online education. That's what we were focusing on. Prior to that, again, this was dial-up modems, America Online, CompuServe, Prodigy, for those of you that remember, some of you probably don't even know what the heck that is or what a modem even is, but that's what it was like. Things were incredibly slow speed-wise with that, but we were just one of the early pioneers, really paving the way of how do you as we like to say, change the social fabric of society, one e-learner at a time. So you've mentioned something really amazing, and that is you were pioneering a new idea. And I think that there are lots of folks in our viewing and listening audience who are probably sitting back, they have a great idea, and they're thinking, nobody's going to get this, no one's going to understand. So if you can give them a piece of advice on how to take that great idea and move it forward. What did you do to market this, uh, you know, your e-learning platform to tier one universities and colleges? You know, I would love to say it was just a breeze and we woke up one day and just started making an outreach and things worked. It, it really didn't. And, you know, anytime you're doing something new, you know what, the world is going to tell you why you're wrong, why you're not going to succeed and don't waste your time. Just stop. Because at the heart of it, 
people are afraid of change and they're afraid maybe you're going to uproot them or who knows what it's going to mean to their livelihood, their career, whatever they're doing. And part of that journey is listening to the marketplace. You really got to check your ego at the door. Don't fall in love with your idea. Fall in love with the marketplace is always right. I'm going to listen to the marketplace. And if I keep on getting hit in the head by a two by four, proverbially speaking, of course, uh, maybe it's time to stop, look at what's not working and try something different. And in the beginning, you know what, Trish, we threw everything up on the wall to see what stuck. We said right. yes to everything. When you just get going, you say yes to everything. You find what works. When you find what works, you start getting some momentum. Then you say no to almost everything because you're focusing on that vital few. And some people may have heard of the 80-20 rule or Pareto's law, mm -hmm. which says 20% of your activities generate 80% of your success. And the challenge is, what's that 20%? All the other stuff, throw out the window. And the challenge with it is, the 20% that's working today, it may stop working tomorrow. So you're yeah, not the, the drawing truth. board. <laughs> that's that, so that's how, how it goes. I mean, the only thing, it's like the old saying, the only thing that's constant is change itself. Right. So as an entrepreneur, you've obviously gone through many different iterations of your company. Um, you know, you were moving along tickety-boo. You were having a tremendous amount of success. What was the tipping point that made you sit back and say, now's the time to sell? Because the first time you made that decision, you actually didn't sell. That's right. So when the company went from failure to success, we had the proverbial knock at the door. Very successful, experienced buyer gave a seven-figure offer. And friends and family, Jeffrey, you can move out of the attic. Congratulations. Yeah. Look at this. <laughs> and to everyone's dismay, particularly the buyer, I said no. I said no to the seven-figure offer. Yes to mastering the art and science of what I call a liquidity event. And a liquidity event is two fancy words. But if you're going public or you're having a full exit, a partial exit, you're raising capital, that's all under the liquidity event umbrella because the one thing they all have in common is the higher the value of your business or your enterprise value, the, the better off you're going to be. And so after that, I was running the, the business. Embanet was uh, the name of the company full time, but jumped into this crazy and wacky world of mergers and acquisitions and talk about going right back to the beginning. I knew nothing. I knew nothing at all. Listened a lot. Didn't talk a, a heck of a lot. Asked questions and put together a plan, a system. And two years later, different buyer, different group said yes to a nine figure offer. But and this is really important. When we went into those second rounds of discussions and exploring, and I use the word exploring intentionally, I had a plan B. And the plan B was the strategies of preparation are the strategies of growth. So if things didn't work out, I wasn't desperate. The company actually flourished and was growing and was thriving. And like we say now today at Deep Well, keep a thriving in business forever or keep that thriving and profitable business or sell it tomorrow. The choice is yours, but the point is you have a choice. So when you can walk into a situation and say, you know what, I don't have to do it, it gives you the strength. And on our podcast, Deep Wealth Podcast, we've had buyers come on and, and they call it blood in the water. And they say, you know, Jeffrey, when we're speaking to a potential seller and we detect fear or anxiety, that's blood in the water. And we go in for the kill and what we thought the evaluation really was, we're going to lower right. that because they're, yeah. they're desperate. But we was, hey, these are our terms. And if you don't like it, that's okay. We'll just go back to running the business. But, you know, we know we can help you. You know we can help you. Let's talk about that. Let's expand the pie here and see what we can do together. 
So I love your reference to the fact that you have to go in sort of when you're at the top of your game, because that's when the value of your business is obviously going to be at its highest. And to your point, you get to sit back and be a little bit more in the driver's seat because there is no, to use your phrase, blood in the water because you're not desperate to sell. Correct, Trish. But there's one caveat to that. And, and this is so important. I mean, let's look at what happens today for most business owners. No judgment, no aspersions here. It, it is what it is because the statistics say it all. Typical business owner shows up to an investment banker and says, OK, I'm ready. Let's go. And they do that. And the investment banker does what an investment banker does. And, and again, no judgment on the investment banker. They're working with what they have. But up to 90 percent of liquidity events fail. And of the quote unquote successful ones, business owners are leaving 50% to over 100% of the value of the deal in the buyer's pocket and they don't know it. Now, insult to injury, on top of that, 90% of business owners, they got the, the golden handcuffs. Their wealth is locked in the business. So you got one chance to do this. And if you're leaving 50% to over 100%, and look at me, I was almost that statistic. You know, if I would have taken that seven-figure offer, I would have left all those zeros in the buyer's pocket. And there's never a guarantee you're going to have another kick at the can and have a successful business. So you really want to make it count. And people would often ask, okay, Jeffrey, how'd you go from the seven to nine figures? What's the what's the secret sauce? What's going on? And it's one word, and it's a boring answer, Trish. I, I'm going to bore you and you know, the audience, but it's preparation. It's only when you're prepared. And this is the nine-step roadmap that we came up for ourselves. And truth be told, it wasn't nine steps when we did it. Some of our failures were reverse engineered and it became nine steps. But when you go through some kind of preparation, or in our case, the nine-step roadmap, then you show up to the investment banker. It's a different game. You know, what's really interesting is everything that we do in our business is process-driven when we Absolutely. think about it. You know, yeah. sales is process driven, whether you're a manufacturer or you're providing a service, it too is process driven to get your client to their, their end game. So what I love about the fact that you've developed based on your own experience, something that you call the golden rule in helping people to get to, to understand the process and execute the process. In terms of the, the folks who are selling, mm -hmm. what's the mindset, the best type of mindset advice that you can give to people when they're trying to make that transition from, do I want to sell now? Is this the right time? Is there a mindset that they need to, to sort of focus on before they take that leap? There is, because the let's talk about what not to do mindset-wise, and then we'll talk about what to do. The typical mindset, and you know, I'm very blessed. I have uh, really the opportunity, I'm very fortunate to speak to business owners every day. Successful companies, startups, everything else in between. Doesn't matter, high tech, low tech, SaaS, manufacturing, doesn't make a difference. And the typical response is, well, Jeffrey, I'm not ready. I'm busy. I don't have the time. I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it, maybe tomorrow. But Trish, here's the thing when I check my calendar, I don't know about your calendar, my calendar doesn't have tomorrow in it. I, I haven't yet been able to find it. Maybe I'm using the wrong version. Maybe I've got to upgrade. I, I don't know, but there's no tomorrow. And so that's what not to do. Because again, when you show up, you're likely going to be that 90% failure rate. And on our podcast, we've had the same story told again and again by different people. And particularly the investment bankers, former investment bankers are now business owners, smart, smart people, went to Harvard, everything else. And I'm, I'm thinking of one episode in particular. And Peter said to me, you know, Jeffrey, after I left the investment banking world and I bought and sold businesses, I knew what was involved. When I either buy a business or I start a business, day zero, not even day one, 
I'm preparing for my exit. I don't know when it's going to come, but I'm preparing for my exit because I know how I prepare for my exit today is going to change how I run the business and how I run the business is going to change how I prepare for the exit. So the two go hand in hand. And when that opportunity does knock, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to save my health, my money, my time, and I'm going to be able to do it the right way. And so that's really the right mindset is there's never a good time to prepare. Let's be honest about it. You're busy. I, I get it. The money that it does take to prepare, you've got slated for other kinds of initiatives, hiring people, marketing, whatever the case may be. So there's never a good time. The money's always spoken for, but we're talking about your future. We're talking about your financial freedom and you don't want to limit that. So like the Japanese proverb goes, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. Well, you know, I really love where you're coming from in terms of mindset, because I think when we start a business, we're thinking of the road of the future. We're not thinking about the end game. We're not thinking about the exit strategy. You know, we're thinking about the here and now. How do we get the sale? You know, everyone knows that in business development, you don't have a business until you have the first sale. Um, but what we forget, to your point, is that, you know, 90% of the value that we have for our retirement or plan B is in our business. And if we don't try to maximize those opportunities, you're going to leave money on the table. Now, tell us a little bit about how you can help the viewing and listening audience who's hearing us talk and say, you know what, now's the time. I think I need to pull the trigger. Let's get the process in place so that I'm prepared. And when I'm ready, then I can dive right in and I can get the maximum amount for my company. How do you prepare folks for that journey? Absolutely. I'm going to answer the question with a question and then we'll dive right into that. And so for all the, the audience, the listeners, the viewers out there, I have a question and it's a yes or a no. I don't want anything in between or a maybe or a but or a let me think about it. And the question is this, does your business run without you? And for most business owners, even if they have a management team, even if they have a CEO or a hired gun, the answer is no, it doesn't. No, that's right. And that is a warning sign. So one action item coming out of today, if you remember nothing else from the conversation I'm having right now with Trish, it's does your business run without you? The answer is probably no. And again, no judgment there. And hey, I was in the same boat myself. That's an early warning sign of, hey, down the road, when you want to go on and have some kind of liquidity event, you've got to be ready. You've got to have everything in place. And so what we do on our side in a 90-day period of time, we go through each of the nine steps. Let me just quickly pull out step number two. We call it X factors that insanely increase the value of your business. So most business owners don't realize that their business is world-class in three to five areas, oftentimes more. And what they often say, Trish, is, you know what? At competition, they do the same thing. There's really not much of a difference. That's so not true. So stop that thinking right now. We're talking about mindset. Stop that right now. And again, another action item coming out of today is take a look at your business. What makes you unique? Where are you world class in? And when we start finding those X factors, we start focusing on them. And I'll give you a few examples. Your company culture is an X factor. You know what? Your competition's capital can buy many, many things and they can copy just about everything that you're doing, but they cannot copy your culture. You cannot buy culture. Now, if you have a healthy, thriving, and rich culture, that's a terrific X factor that's going to make your business even more profitable. It makes it attractive to a buyer. Another X factor is having your business run without you, where you have a very capable and successful management team that's running the business. Your business model 
is another X factor. We wrote a, an ebook, Your Business Model Sucks and What You Can Do About It Today. And so in module two, X factor, step number two, you learn what those levers are that increase the value in your business, that help you grow your business today so that you have a stronger, more resilient business. And each step of the way, you're doing things like that, and then you're applying it very specifically to your business. You know, our ebook, Your Business Model Sucks and What You Can Do About It, having a business model would be another X factor. So those are a few examples of what you learn about your business. And pun intended, there's deep wealth in your business. You just don't necessarily know where to look. You have the answers. You don't have the questions. We'll give you the questions. And that's the beautiful thing about preparation. Preparation that's the gift that keeps on giving. And as you go through in the 90 days, each of the different modules, what you're ultimately doing, it's our step number eight, but you, you do this all the way through, you're really doing two things. Preparation has you find what some people call blind spots. We call them skeletons in the closet. You find those hidden skeletons in the closet and you remove them. And here's the thing, Trish, most business owners, when they don't prepare, in the liquidity event, the buyer finds a skeleton and you lose the deal or your value goes down. But you do that ahead of time. So you're removing all the skeletons. And then on the flip side, you're finding your X factors. And some of your X factors are what we call those hidden Rembrandts in the attic. And you're putting them out for public display. And I'll let you know a little secret. Buyers will not tell you this. They don't want you to know. So only here, Trish, on this broadcast, your community, your viewers are going to hear it. I want you to imagine for a moment, we're going to do a quick thought experiment. You're going to buy a house. You're walking through the house. You really like the house, actually. And as you're walking out, you see the owner. Now, are you going to tell the owner, wow, this house is absolutely perfect. It's like it came off the cover of a magazine. I wouldn't change a thing. I can see myself in here. This is my dream home. Well, if you do, you know you're going to pay top dollar. But if you, on the way out, say to the, the homeowner, oh, you know, a uh, house is okay, but there's some issues with it. There's some other houses that I'm looking at. I'm thinking really maybe going in a different direction. I, I really got to think about this. Because you don't want the homeowner, just human nature, to, uh, to get too overly confident. So your future buyer, they're going to know not all, but some of your X factors and Rembrandts. They're not going to tell you. But when you've done the preparation, and you create a very powerful narrative. That's our step number three, future buyer, how to master the art of thinking and talking like a buyer. When you create a narrative and you unleash your X factors and your Rembrandts out there, two things happen. Number one, the buyers know, hey, the gig is up. Trish knows the value of her business. Trish knows where she's world-class and we can't put one over her on, you know, on this one. But the other thing is they don't know your business as well as you. Oh, wow. You know, I didn't realize that Trish had this X factor or this Rembrandt. That's really useful to us. We, we knew the business was valuable, but it's even more valuable because we learned that. And that's just, again, one little insight of how preparation really changes the dynamics when you're heading into an exit or liquidity event. You know, Jeffrey, I have to say that I think that that the expertise that you bring to the table when you've got an entrepreneur who's ready to sell is truly invaluable because, you know, we go along in our companies and we feel that we have a, a level of expertise that we spy and sell. And I think what you're doing is helping entrepreneurs with something that they have no experience in. You know, most often you sell a company once um, and then you gain some experience. You may buy something else and sell something the second time. But the first time around, we really do need some help and some expertise. And I really think that what you're doing is bringing a level of expertise to really help people 
increase the value and increase their lifestyle really at the end at the end of the day when they decide to sell. Now, one of the things that we do in the guest blog is we ask folks to share three words of advice and your three words are believe in yourself. So why don't we wrap up our discussion today by you telling our viewing and listening audience why you feel that that is so important. Absolutely. So believe in yourself, three powerful words. And, you know, here's my own view of the world. Every single one of us comes here on planet Earth with a superpower, but we don't know what that superpower is. So our mission in life is to find our superpower and then we take it to the world. That's how we pay it forward. That's how we make a difference. We're not like anybody else and for good reason. And so when you find your superpower, there's going to be people in your life who don't want to see you succeed. They don't want you getting ahead of them or they just don't understand or they don't believe. But you believe. Believe in yourself. Stay with it. You know, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. And as you're going on your journey and you're taking your superpower to the world to really make a difference, that's what you got to keep in mind. Believe in yourself. It may not happen today. It will happen. Just keep at it. Have that grit, that passion that we spoke about earlier to take that superpower and really make the most of it. I really want to thank you, Jeffrey. I, I have gotten so many wonderful nuggets of information from our discussion. And I know that our viewing and listening audience has probably been taking notes while you've been talking. So we, I really like to thank you for spending some time with me today on the show and giving the entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who participate in this particular platform an opportunity to really think about what, what is their end game. Well, Trish, thank you so much. The honor and the privilege is really mine, and I appreciate being on your show today. Thank you so much, Jeffrey. To you and to you, our viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you for joining me in this edition of Keeping It Real, where we introduce you to the person behind the logo. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you'd like to join us with your business story, visit our website at shareyourstories.online. In the meantime, I'd like to thank you for joining us. And we look forward to meeting you next time when we share another great idea.